Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. We are continuing in our series this week, which we are calling Build on Belief. So what we're doing in this series is we're figuring out what to do with our lives once we have started to believe in Jesus. We're trying to figure out what it looks like to love people in the way that Jesus did. We're trying to figure out what we are supposed to do next. We're trying to figure out what it looks like to build on our belief, hence the name Build on Belief. Now, before we go any further into this message, let's take a moment to stop and pray. So Jesus, I just thank you for for who you are. I thank you for how you love us. I pray that as we uh, read through uh, these different stories of your apostles, that you would just be showing us the ways that you want us to lead our lives and, and build on our belief. We thank you for everything that you've given to us. We ask that you would open up our ears, our minds, and our hearts to the message that you want us to hear, feel, and understand today. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. So I want to go back to a little bit over a decade ago. I want to talk about the career that I had before I got into any of this church stuff. Before I started working in ministry, I was a TV sportscaster. Yeah, that's right. I got my first job right out of college in Laredo, Texas, just a couple hours down the road at KGNS TV, also known as Pro 8 News. Then about 18 months after uh, I started there, in Laredo, I got married, moved back to San Antonio, and started working at News 4 San Antonio, which, is, which was known as WOAI-TV at that point. Now, in the beginning, it was amazing to be in my hometown, doing exactly what I wanted to do for my entire life, right? Like when I was younger, I was like, I'm not probably gonna be someone that gets to play in the NBA, but I can definitely go cover the NBA, right? And so I was going to Spurs games, uh, then I was getting to like sit on the baseline with a camera so close that I could hear conversations the players were having. And then after the game, I was in the locker room for post-game interviews and I was at practices all the time talking with players and coaches and uh, that was just Spurs. I got to go to Cowboys games and uh, travel for, for Texas Longhorns games, all kinds of crazy stuff. It was everything I hoped and dreamt it would be, but little by little, things started to add up. I would work nights and weekends. My normal schedule was 1.30 to 11 p.m., so I would normally get, in home, get home just in time to tell my wife goodnight. Then I would stay up alone until two or three o'clock in the morning, and then I would go to bed, which was really just time I spent alone getting really good at the video games that I had. I was, my Tiger Woods, like on, on the Wii, was just impeccable. Anyways, on the weekends, I worked. I missed every birthday, graduation, baseball game, everything. And as time went on, I realized I was spending more time around the Spurs and their employees than I would with my actual wife. Which for some of you is like, oh man, that sounds awesome. You get to hang out with those dudes all the time. But it wasn't like I was hanging out with my friends. I would sit in waiting rooms for hours, waiting for a two to three minute interaction with a group of dudes that looked at me as an inconvenience to their day. After all that, I'd have to get back to the station as soon as possible to get these videos edited and ready for our show. It was a grind. Now, during this time, my wife was also working as a teacher at SAISD's MLK Academy on the east side. She was working and helping every single kid every single day. 
It was hard work for her, but she was incredibly fulfilled with what she was doing. Meanwhile, the job that I was doing, the job that was causing me to miss all this good stuff in my life, well, it wasn't what I thought it would be. It wasn't fulfilling for me. And I didn't know what to do. I felt like I wasn't doing enough to help the world. I felt like I was just watching basketball and becoming a ball of stress and going home to not sleep. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with people that are doing that job for a living. That's great for them. But for me, I felt like I had created this life of loneliness. I felt like I had to do so much more with my life. So I sat down and prayed a prayer that would change my entire life. I asked God, what do you want me to do? And it was in that moment that I heard from God, and it, it was weird, it was a little bit different. I didn't hear like an audible voice, but it was kind of like I had a download of information. It was like all of a sudden, I overwhelmingly knew what the right thing was. I had this idea that just like started bouncing in my head. Like I just understood what the truth of the situation that I was in in a way that I had never seen before. So in that moment, I understood that God was telling me to do one thing. I could hear this idea echoing over and over in my head again. And it was, quit your job. I mean, there are so many things that God could have asked me to do that would have been so much easier, right? Because this job was who I was. This was a part of my identity. But this is what he wanted me to do. Now, I wish I could tell you that I quit immediately, that I, I was able to get out of there as soon as I could. But it actually took me an entire year to finally put in notice that I was going to leave. Now, during that time, my satisfaction for my job and my life in general, well, it got worse and worse. So when I actually did put in my, my not two weeks, but four weeks notice, I'd stepped outside. It felt like I had stepped outside of captivity. And I was breathing in freedom for the first time in a long time. In the last few days that I was going to be employed by the TV stations, I had tacos with a friend of mine. I told him what was going on, and he invited me to go and hang out with him for a little bit while I was in between things. And it was through that friend that I started doing contract video work at City Church on Bandera Road. And it was through that breakfast that I got connected to working at City Church downtown eventually, which became City Tribe. Through that, I was able to become a part-time employee and eventually a full-time employee. Then after some time, school, and a lot of training, I became a pastor. And from there, it took me here, to Akua. Listening to God told me to quit my job, and it's led me to this moment today. Right to you guys. So here's the deal. With all this story, I wasn't called out of this season or, or, or this idea or this captivity for no reason. I wasn't called out of a prison that I built for myself to do nothing. I was called out for a purpose. And that's exactly what we are going to be learning about today. Now, as we get started, if you are interested in following along with us on your own, whether you want to pull out like a, a, a hard Bible or get your phone app ready to go, we're going to be going through the historical view of Acts of the Apostles of Jesus as recorded by the disciple Luke. So if you want to follow along with us, we'll be in chapters 5 and 6 of the book of Acts. Now, before we can fully like jump into this packet, this passage of, of stuff, I just want to give you some context of where we're coming from. So remember, uh, way back at the end of John, beginning of Acts, 
Peter got a job upgrade from Jesus, the Son of God, someone walking with the full authority of God here on this earth. Peter had been given the purpose to lead. He was no longer just going to be a follower of Jesus here on this land, but he was going to be leading people now. He was going to be telling everyone he could about Jesus because Jesus told him to follow me, which meant follow in his footsteps. And Peter did just that. And what was amazing is that like it worked in fantastic ways because Peter stood in his purpose with boldness and told people about Jesus five times thousand people changed their lives and decided that they would believe in Jesus. But it wasn't just about believing. They built on that belief. From there, the movement of Jesus continued to grow. It wasn't just a belief. It was an entire movement. Believers shared everything they had. They would sell things and throw it together. They would eat together. They would share in remembering about Jesus, all the great community stuff that that we love and, and see. And then not only that, real life miracles started happening. But that got them squarely on the radar of the religious elite of that time, and they were arrested. The apostles were arrested, and they stood trial in front of the temple council. The council was made up of the high priests and the Sadducees, and and people that relied on the health of the temple to continue to make a living and continue to have a social status with a high profile. So the council told Peter and the apostles to stop preaching about Jesus. But here's the deal. The apostles weren't worried about man. They said, no, no, no. You don't want us to to preach about Jesus anymore. We're going to preach harder about Jesus than we ever have. They wanted to follow what God had to say about all this. God wanted the apostles to keep on preaching about Jesus. So they did just that. And they continued to heal people through the Holy Spirit, the people that needed healing. Now, with these healings and more people continuing to show up, their numbers increased. And every time they did this, they would go and do it inside the outer walls of the temple, not necessarily inside the temple, but right outside the temple, which the council didn't like a lot because it was happening right outside their building. It's like if somebody showed up to sell hamburgers right outside of McDonald's. Those people aren't going to be super enthused about it. So the council did something. And here's how Luke recorded the incident. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. All right, so let's break this down. It says that the high priest and his officials were filled with jealousy. Now, when you take a deeper look at that word, when you look at the language the Bible was translated from, which was Greek, you see that the word there used for jealousy is actually translated in a different way in a lot of different places to zeal. Now, so in these moments, the officials are looking at Peter and the apostles. They're being filled with zealous thoughts. Not necessarily jealousy, but zealousy? I don't think that's a word. The reason they would be filled with these kinds of thoughts was because of their position. Their zeal came out of doing their best to honor God by protecting the purity of the temple by protecting the land of Israel and protecting the law. So anyone that they felt like were going to threaten that would be dealt with. These authorities of the temple were looking at these apostles and what they were doing, and they could see that it could threaten the very fabric of Judaism. And if that happened, they would lose. They would lose their way of life. They would lose their comfort. 
and they would lose their power. So this council did something about it. They arrested the apostles. But here is where things get crazy. That night, an angel shows up and opens the gates for the apostles to walk right out of that prison. But it wasn't just so the apostles would simply be free. It wasn't just so they can go back and hang out with their, with their dudes back at the, the, in the community. No, they had work to do. The angel wanted them to go to the temple and give the people this message of life, which is an interesting way for them to put it. But when you look at it, like it, it actually makes a lot of sense because as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, being a believer in Jesus is about so much more than just belief. It's about so much more than just putting on a name tag. What the apostles and the community of Jesus believers were doing was something that had really never been done before, and it went against a lot of the cultural norms at that time. So the apostles had to explain this message of life. They had to explain how Jesus, the Son of God, the one that was sent down to this earth, the one that had full authority and power, laid his life down to become the ultimate sacrifice for all the ways that we have sinned or fallen short or missed the mark of God, that the life that he wants us to lead. They explained how Jesus' example of love propelled them to live a life of loving each other, of sacrificing for each other. They explained how breaking bread with each other and remembering what Jesus did for them was more important than the time that the people spent in the temple. They explained how the church was actually the people and not a building. They explained that God was no longer localized in that building. They explained that now God was within the believers because when Jesus ascended into heaven, after being resurrected, after coming back to life, after being crucified, that the Holy Spirit was handed out to anyone that believed. This was the message of life that they explained, and it's the same one that we talk about today. But I want to stop and, and, and dig in on something right here. When the apostles were let go, it happened because an angel showed up and hooked them up, right? An angel showed up and said, boom, here you go, guys. Walk right on out. Now, we all like to look at that and think about how God can do amazing things for us during our tough times. But here's the deal. When the apostles were released from the prison, what happened? They were given something to do. They were given purpose. So going back to my story, when I was in TV, it wasn't for like my best life, right? I continued to push into that place, even though God had opened doors for me and said to get out of there and quit. So I stayed there. I stayed in this place and everything got worse and I hated it there by the end. And then one day I quit. And when I quit and when I walked out of there, God gave me purpose. God showed me the ways out of my tough time and walked me into the thing that he wanted me to do. Akuo, it's the same thing for all of you. You might find yourself in what feels like a prison, and God can give you the keys and open up all the doors for you to get out, but I promise you, that's not, not all that he wants you to do with your life. There's purpose waiting for you once you get outside of your prison. Now today, I'm going to be asking you, I want you to be asking yourself and God some direct and kind of tough questions to get you through the tough situation that you might find yourself in. 
Now, I have you asking these questions of both you and God because he might have already given you this information and you just have to take like a real hard look at your life right now. And it's not to say that you're like on the same level of God or, or anything like that, but he, he just might have given you this information already and you just have to come to terms with it. Now, if you're someone that likes to write things down, this would definitely be the time that you want to write these things down because we're going to start going through these questions. And so here is, is the first question. The first question that I want you to ask yourself and God is, where am I now? So when you ask yourself and God, where am I now? You're asking if you're in a prison. You're asking yourself if you are in a situation where you feel like there is no way out and there is nothing that you can do. The reason I have you asking yourself this is because if you don't know where you are, you can't make your way out of there. So the last few years, I've had the pleasure of coaching my son's baseball teams for the last couple years, the Braves. They are at like the first level past T-ball. So they're still learning a lot of their basic skills, like hitting the ball. Now, with what we see with a lot of kids that are getting started, they like, they really, really want to hit the ball really hard. So they'll like load up, right? And they, they get their hands back really fast. And, and when the ball comes, they'll swing and they turn like this and they, they're looking way over there, right? And so we coach them to watch the ball all the way through. We want them to know that when they're hitting that ball, they're able to see that bat hit the ball. And there's a saying that we have for them when we see them start turning their head out. We'll tell them, you can't hit what you can't see. And the same principle applies right here. If you can't see where you are at, you won't be able to get out of it. You won't know where, where to like even begin. You won't know where to even begin to ask for any help. You can't hit what you can't see. Now the next question to ask is, what am I getting called to? So once you get called out of prison, Maybe you find yourself on the other side of captivity on the other side of captivity right now. You got to find out what you were supposed to be doing because God didn't get you out of prison just to like go to work and hang out and scroll on social media, right? So you got to ask yourself and God, what are you getting called to? Now normally, your prison will lead directly into your purpose. For me, I was living a life of frustration, editing videos, and getting in front of a camera and talking. While I, while I was doing that, I felt like I wasn't helping anyone or making the world any better. Now that I've been released from my prison and I'm following what God wants me to do, I live a life of editing videos and getting in front of a camera and delivering messages. Now the difference now is that I get a chance to give the message of life every time I step in front of a camera every time I step in front of a group of people. For me, that prison that I was in actually helped prepare me for the purpose that God had for me on the other side. And the same thing goes for you. Look at where you have been and how you have been shaped. That will give you an idea of where you can go. Also, I have a, a tool that you can use in, in all this. It's, it's, it's a quiz. It's, it, it's not gospel. This is just a 50-question quiz that can help you help point you to some of your natural strengths and abilities that might help you understand some of your purpose. You can find it by going to designdiscovery.com and by clicking on the green button on the top that says, take five-fold test. Or you can turn your, the camera on your phone right now and scan this QR code that's right in front of you. 
and it will take you directly to the quiz. Like I said, this isn't gospel. There are shortcomings to things like this, but if you can combine it to what God is telling you, it can be an incredibly valuable tool. Now, let's get back to the apostles. Remember, they were busted out of the clink, which I'm sure they were very grateful for. I'm sure that they told the angel, thanks a lot, right? So when they got out, they did what they were told to do. They went to the temple first thing in the morning and started preaching the message of life. Now, when the council met the next morning and sent for the, the apostles so they could hold their trial, they learned from the, the jailers that the apostles had escaped. And they were eventually found and brought back in front of the council. Now, as you can imagine, the council was upset. The council is like, you went and preached about Jesus when we specifically asked you not to? I mean, come on. But the apostles were holding fast to their purpose, just like they, they said last time. We have been called by God to do a thing, and we're going to continue to listen to God. We will not listen to men. We will not listen to you. This escalated the situation big time. And that's where I want to jump back into the recording of the situation by Luke. Here's what we, he wrote. When they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them, the apostles. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who is an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was that fellow, Theudius, who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed and all of his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. So there is one person with great wisdom on this council. He's the one warning voice in the room that is telling the council to think twice about killing the apostles. In his explanation, Gamaliel breaks down how other people have tried to start movements of their own, but when they died, so did their movement. So that's how he could tell that that movement came from man and not from God. He's basically telling the council that they can just ride out whatever is going on and they'll be okay. They don't have to do anything rash. They don't have to do anything crazy. Because if they do it, if they do something rash, if they do something crazy, if they kill these apostles and it's actually a movement greater than what any group of people can do on their own, well, they're going to find themselves fighting against God. And that's not anything that they want to do. So this brings us to the next question that we need to be asking ourselves and God about. So you've already asked, where am I now? And what am I getting called to? This next question is, who am I getting called by? So when you're in this situation and you're getting called out of what you think is a prison, you have to ask yourself and God, who am I getting called by? 
Because what can happen is that we might actually be in the exact situation that God has called us to be in. We might be in a situation that is tough on purpose. He has called us to this exact situation that we're going through right now so we can grow into something that he needs us to be later on. But it might not be comfortable. It might not be the easiest thing. So we want a way out. We want the blessing without the growth. We want the experience without the time that it takes to grow experience. So when you are all asking all of these questions, make sure that the prison that you are getting called out of is God and not yourself calling yourself out of there. If it's God calling you out, you won't fail. You will go exactly into the spiritual blessings that you need to receive. But if you go the way that you think is right, because it's easier, you'll never get to the place that God has actually called you to. You'll just stay in the exact same prison that you've created for yourself and chosen to stay in. Now, to the benefit of the apostles, the council listened to these wise words and they didn't kill them. However, the apostles did get flogged and whipped. Now, what was weird about this was that it says that they were happy to get flogged and whipped. The apostles were excited to have been punished for doing something in the name of Jesus. And that's how y'all gotta know this is God's stuff. Because all of those same dudes were terrified of the council and the high priest when Jesus was getting crucified and dying. Those apostles denied knowing Jesus. And now they are happy to suffer in his name. That's God's stuff. Well, from there, things kept on rolling. More and more people kept on showing up to this community of believers. Let's see what happened next for this group. Here's what Luke wrote. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then, we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Paramenus, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So the works of telling people the message of life was a lot for the apostles. As we talked about earlier, it was more than just belief. It was a whole life of loving and serving. So as the numbers of the community grew, the apostles weren't able to take care of everything and everyone all the time. They needed help. They needed help with this food program, right? They needed others in the community to step up and serve the community that needed to be loved on so on serve well. So they searched the community and found the people that were willing to serve and love on the rest of the community. 
They needed these people to step up so the apostles could spend their time in prayer and teaching the ways of Jesus. Then they found their people. They found the ones that could step up and help. And when they found them, they brought them up in front of everyone and placed hands on them and prayed for them. Akuo. Y'all, this idea is still true today. If y'all are just going to sit back and wait for me and Abel and Alyssa to take care of loving our entire community, we aren't going to serve that many people. What we need are people that are going to be more than attenders. We need people that are going to do more than just show up and get fed. We need people that are going to feed others in this community alongside us. Now, we have plenty of people that have stepped up to lead community groups and host meals in their homes, and I appreciate that so much. And I, I just want to like pat you guys on the back. Y'all are awesome. But there can always be more people that are ready and willing to step out and serve the people in our community. Even for you folks that have done things like lead a group and, and open up your house for a meal, there are other ways that you can continue to serve. And if we can all do this together, we can reach more people with this message of life. So if you're watching this right now or, or you're listening to this and you want to be one of those people, if you want the Holy Spirit to do amazing things in your life to help you serve people, to help you pass along this life-giving message to your community, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hands out open in front of you like you're going to be handed something. And I want to pray for you right now. So just go ahead and do that and let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for the heart you've given the people that are reaching their hands out right now. Lord, I pray that you would pray, place the purpose that you have for them right in their hands. Jesus, I ask that you would give them a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that they have never had up to this point. Jesus, I pray that your voice would become much louder in their lives. Jesus, I pray that you would direct these people in the exact ways that they need to move in their lives. Jesus, I pray that you would help them bring people into community with you. Thank you for everything. Jesus, we love you. And we pray these things in your amazing name. Amen. Now, if you just received that prayer, I want you to know that you are now being asked to go out there and speak the message of life. So what I want you to do is take that quiz that I had you look at a few minutes ago and then email me, humby.cedvera.okuo.church, and we will figure out a time where we can get together, have a conversation, and talk through how you can fulfill your purpose. When you do that, lives will be changed. And we want you to love people the way that people love Jesus, the way that Jesus loved people, and then invite them to see what this community is all about. Now, for some of you listening right now, maybe you are the person that was connected to us by someone else, by someone that loved you in your community. Maybe you're the person that wants to be joining the community of Jesus believers today. Well, if that's you, I'm glad you're here. Whatever circumstances brought you here, whatever crazy way that it made you show up here, the, the weird link that you happened to, to click on that led you here, I'm grateful you're here. 
Now, if you believe, even if it's like just a tiny 1% belief, Jesus can do something like that. He said, even the faith of a mustard seed can make a mountain move. So right now, what I want you to do is confirm that belief that you have in Jesus with a simple conversation that you would have with him, which we would call a prayer. So if you want to do that, I can help lead you in that conversation that you'll have with Jesus. And to help you out in this moment, I'm going to ask our entire Akuo community to be praying along with you because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community to pray alongside you. You always have a community to walk with you during your tough times while you're in prison. So if you're interested in doing that, just pray something like this along with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, best way I know how. I give you my life. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed and whether you've been a believer for the last four seconds or the last four decades and you want to do better in speaking the message of life to your community, what I want you to do is just pray something like this between you and God. Just, just You can kind of follow along with me and just say, Jesus, thank you for everything. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for, for coming down, laying your life down for us and becoming the ultimate sacrifice for us. Jesus, I ask that you would make your voice more audible in my life. Jesus, remind me that you want me to share your message of life. Jesus, show me the exact people that I need to be loving. Jesus, show me the exact ways that I need to be loving those people. Jesus, every day, help me build on my belief. And Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything. And we pray all of these things. In your holy, mighty, awesome, and loving name, Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, there are a few things that I do want to share with you. So over the last few weeks, we have talked about how that early group of believers would meet together in homes and share dinners. Well, guys, I want us to be able to do that in our community. So as we've been doing for the last few weeks, we want you to get signed up for a dinner happening on Friday, June 3rd, Saturday, June 4th, and Sunday, June the 5th. They're going to be happening all over town in homes of people that are a part of our cool community. So we want you to get signed up for those. So to do that, you want to sign up with your info, with the, the dinner leader, and, and they're going to go ahead and contact you. Now, what we're going to be doing is organizing these groups by what neighborhood they will be in. So as of now, we have a dinner happening on the south side, a dinner downtown, one in the Beacon Hill neighborhood, one on the east side, and a few in the Woodlawn Lake area. So what we've been doing is having people sign up in person because there's going to be limits on each group. So what we're going to be doing, if you are interested, reach out to us. Let us know that you are interested in being a part of a group and we will get you placed in one of these dinners. Now, some of these dinners are kid-friendly and some of them aren't, so it, it doesn't matter. We'll make sure that you get in the right one. Now, these dinners won't just be for our church friends. This will be for a time where we want to encourage you to invite your neighbors and people outside of the church to see what it is like to be a part of our Akuo community. Really, we just want you guys to have a good time getting together and enjoying a meal with one another. Now, the other thing that we will have going on, they talked about it today, feeding people that are in need 
in that early group of believers. Well, we are doing the same thing. We want to help people that are hungry. We want to help feed SA. And be, we're a part of that initiative that was started at City Church 13 years ago to help stock the SA Food Bank at times where they need food. So in the summer, the food bank's donations go down while their need for food goes up. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. Next week, we're going to be receiving all of our food. We're going to have one of those big red bins out there and you can drop off some food. Or if you can't make it, you're, you're watching or listening online right now, you can actually give online through our normal giving format. What you, and the, the way that you can do that, the way that we would like for you to do that is to give that money because we know that for every dollar, the food bank is able to turn that into seven meals. So the way you can go ahead and do that is next week, or actually right now, between now and next week, you can make that donation to us. Now, Akua, we couldn't do anything without you and your generosity of your, your resources or your time. As a matter of fact, yesterday, speaking of the food bank, we had a great group show up to go and help in their urban farm. So just thank you guys for that. Now, with that, I don't care what you were doing to be giving and generous, whether it's with your time or your resources here at Akul, I want you to be talking to God about it. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity of resources here at Akul Church is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit, 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place where you start. Now with that, if you wanna give your time, there's a way that you can connect with me or Abel, or Alyssa, and you can give your time here at Akuo Church serving the people that show up every single Sunday, or we can figure out ways that you can help serve your community. Just come and talk to us. Now, I also understand that things might be tough for you right now as far as resources are concerned. Guys, sky, uh, gas is going sky high, things are going crazy. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. Now to do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now if you are willing to give sacrificially here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now when you get to our website, all you have to do is click on the giving link and then follow all the instructions that you see on the screen. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O in the dollar amount that you wanna to give to the number 77977. Now if you don't wanna give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at PO box 100 125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love you. I'm praying for you all week long. Our entire team is praying for you all week long. Now, before we go, I just want to pray over you one last time. So, uh, Jesus, I just ask that as you send these people out into the world, that they would remember who you are, that they would remember your message of life and that they would be encouraged by it, so much so that they just feel like they have to share it with the people that are in their community. Jesus, we pray that as these people leave here today, that they would go and love the people in their community in a way where they would, everyone would know that they are your disciples. 
Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you. We will see you at a dinner group. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.